All right, let's not get tired. Let's just fast forward, unless everything's out of order. Hey, it's the Rhyme and Reason podcast, episode 176. There's a rhyme and reason for your life. There's a rhyme and reason why you're here. Give your time and season to the one who wrote your rhyme. Your rhyme and reason. Your rhyme and reason. Your rhyme. Hey there, Tony here. What did all of that mean, right, at the beginning of the podcast? Well, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to explain it. And uh, I'd like to welcome you to the podcast here again in episode 176. Oh, my goodness, it just keeps rolling along. I'm so glad you're there. I want to let you know that you guys are so awesome out there because uh, we're not quite even to the end of July, and we've already surpassed 1,000 downloads and listens again this month. And I didn't think we were going to do that, you know, because I figure a lot of you are on vacation or something, and it's that time of year. So uh, I didn't really raise my expectations up there, so maybe I should have. Maybe I shouldn't be so uh, negative about it or something, right? Well, I'm not now. I mean, you guys are awesome. So I just wanted to get that out of the way and let you know that. Thank you for being there. Uh, I want to get right to what I was talking about at the very beginning. I'm talking about not getting tired. Let's start there. Um, the world is, um, it's a, as you know, it's a tough place. It's a tough place to, especially if you've got a Christian worldview and, and that sort of thing, and, uh, and which I do. And there's a place in the, in the Bible where it talks about uh, you know, not growing weary. And that's a, another word for tired, of course. Um, there's a world of people out there who love to see us Christians fail. I've been seeing some examples of that uh, lately. And they love to see it in any way, on any day, and they're just lying in wait for any stumble or misstep or a sin. And you'll notice a, a negative bias toward Christian failures in the news reports that just isn't there for similar stories of a more secular nature. And you know what? That's okay, in a way, because I'd rather have a a Christian held to a higher standard anyway. After all, we answer to a higher authority than any earthly organization. So that's why I quote the Apostle Paul when he says, let us not grow weary even when we're tired of it all. During my teen years, from 13 to almost 18, let's say those teen years, that's most of them, right? Um, Some of my summers in Kansas were spent hauling hay. Now, I don't know if, uh, if you've ever hauled hay. Uh, I'm not talking about the, the kind of hauling hay where they have it nowadays where they roll it up into those big rolls and a tractor goes and picks them up or you know, loads them on a truck that way with a forklift and all that. I'm talking about bucking bales, literally getting your knee under a bale, holding two uh, strands of twine and bucking about a 60-pound to a 75-pound bale up on a truck. And I would literally, from the first thing in the morning and often until midnight, I'd be um, on a hot Kansas field bucking those bales up onto those hay trucks. Now, keep in mind, I was basically a city boy all during the nine months of school anyway. It wasn't like I was working on a farm uh, year-round and staying in shape for that kind of work. I mean, quite the opposite. 
during the school year, I'd be working on physically challenging chores like vocal practice for choir or helping to decide which uh, band to book for the prom. I was senior class vice president, so we had to do that. But, um, you know, maybe I'd even have to actually help move sets around for a play I was in. You know, tough stuff. Right. So, Let Us Not Grow Weary had a special meaning for me during the summer. I remember one particularly hot day in a field of about 1,200 bales of alfalfa. I was saying a prayer under my breath. It went something like this. Lord, help me not to tire out in front of these country boys. <laughs> you see, the guys I worked with were mostly all from the Kansas farms uh, around there where they lived year-round. They were used to the work. And I'm sure it was still hard work for them too. I mean, especially as I think back on it now, but... They moved bales of hay around even during the winter to feed the livestock. Most of them weren't uh, choir boys or drama class actors or senior class officers. They were just hard-working Kansas boys. Okay, well, back to that alfalfa field. In case you're not familiar with bales of alfalfa hay, they're extremely scruffy. They'll literally wear out the fronts of jeans in a matter of days. I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. And they'll scratch your forearms till they look like you had a run-in with a cat. And again, I'm not exaggerating. And this was every time you would do it. Now, imagine riding a hay truck, with no air conditioning, by the way, up to the gate of a, a field of 1,200 of those demon bales. And imagine doing that on a 100-degree day with no shade trees and working for a beer-guzzling wild man who often forgot to bring the water tanks. Well, that's where I was that day when I whispered that prayer under my breath. And guess what? God, as he always does, answered my prayer. He gave me strength and stamina and courage and determination and day after day, week after week. In fact, summer after summer. So it's important to keep in mind with God, all things are possible. It was many years later I discovered I was born with a deformed heart. Hmm. Now, it's a good thing I didn't know that when I was a teenager. I might not have even had enough faith to even pray for strength. I might not have believed God could get me through those long, hot days with a less-than-perfect heart. It's odd how that works, isn't it? That's, uh, that's why it's important for you to remember to lean on the Lord for your strength, not yourself. And let us not grow weary while doing good, because the world is just full of evil people who would love to see us give up. Will you be able to keep going on your own? Or will you at least whisper a prayer to God for help? Something to help you remember. If you faint or fall, don't give up. For the source of strength, just look up. When you let Him, God helps you up. Don't give up. Just look up and stay up. And that's my encouragement to you when the world's wearing down on you and you're getting tired, right? And I want to go from that rhyme into some good reasoning. What happens when the process, we'll call it, seems out of order? It might be self-evident to those of you who regularly join me here on the Rhyme and Reason podcast, but there are many educated scientists who aren't sure what to make of fossils when they're found out of order. Let me share a few examples of what I mean. 
Imagine finding 86 consecutive hoof prints. That's consecutive hoof prints of horses dating back to the time of dinosaurs. Imagine finding those in layers of rock when you start digging. And that's just one place in Uzbekistan. <laughs> Excuse me, Uzbekistan. Um, there's another place in the Grand Canyon where you can see hoof prints in rock that's supposed to be about 100 mil million years older than hoofed animals. Now, a guy in, um, I think it's in Arizona, he's a Grand Canyon expert. He published, published pictures of that. Also, aren't dinosaur and human footprints together out of order? Isn't that an out-of-order sequence? According to one theory, anyway. Well, they discovered those footprints, yes, together in Turkmenistan. There's another one of them stands. And uh, uh, they also found them in Arizona. And then oftentimes, archaeologists discover walking, swimming, and flying animal fossils together in the same rock layers. How is that possible? And what's an evolutionist to think when he sees dinosaur, elephant, horse, and whale fossils right next to human tools all in the same layer of phosphate? Guess where those were found? They were discovered in South Carolina. Hmm... In addition to animals and humans, let's not forget all the flowering plants found in amber and coal beds where flowering plants supposedly weren't supposed to be for millions and millions of years. You can find that evidence all over the world. In fact, spores and pollen have been found in Cambrian rock where no plant life was supposed to have evolved yet. And even better than that, pollen has been found in pre-Cambrian rock where life wasn't supposed to have evolved yet. What? Well, you know, that brings me to everything old is new again. And uh, I'm going to share with you before I finish this uh, particular reasoning up, I'm going to share with you, um, I shared a little bit of the lyrics to a song called Fast Forward. And I shared those on the, on the uh, Rhyme and Reason uh, blog. And I said on there that I would share the whole song. So here it is. This song is called Fast Forward. Fast forward to the scene by the ocean You're shattered and fatigued with emotion Fast forward to a time of reflection Avoid that angst and depression 
Catch those lines in there that I was talking about? The part where it said, In awe of all creation and how it all could be, the fairy tale illusions increase with every year. The wrinkled plans expand exponentially until one day, perhaps, a duck becomes a deer. And then you hear in the background, Yeah, right. Um, yeah, it doesn't happen. There's a um, a guy named Walt Brown, I've mentioned him before on other podcasts. He's a brilliant scientist. And, by the way, a former atheist. 
with a Ph.D. from MIT. How about them letters, huh? And his Ph.D. is in mechanical engineering, but believe me, his credentials, that's the only the beginning of them, really. He, he wrote a book called In the Beginning, and if you go to uh, TonyFunderburg.com forward slash, um, forward slash what? Uh, out of Order, yes. Then you'll find a link in the article corresponding to this, uh, to the book called In the Beginning. It's an awesome book. If you want to teach your children science in, in a way that they won't get, uh, a magnificent way they won't get anywhere else, I suggest this book. It should be in every school in, in the world, really. And you can see a lot more examples of life that appears to be out of order. But he shows you how it's not out of order when you simply go where the evidence leads. There's a novel idea for science and scientists, isn't it? The magnificent design of our world and our galaxy and our universe simply comes from an even more magnificent designer. Period. End of paragraph. That's the way it is. Now, I have no problem believing our planet was created in the recent past and then at one time completely flooded with water. And it's easy to see how the receding waters could rapidly lay down even micro layers of sediment with all kinds of dead things ending up together in the same and different layers. What I do have a problem with is how millions of kids are being spoon-fed a theory as though it were the indisputable truth and by the same people who will tell you there's no such thing as truth. Give me a break. Do you see the hypocrisy there? Well, are you interested in learning some amazing facts about uh, Earth and life? Then get that book, In the Beginning. It's called In the Beginning, and I have links to it. And um, believe me, you won't regret getting it. It's an awesome book, and you'll see... Um, things in there that you just won't find pretty much anywhere else. And it's not because he doesn't know what he's talking about. Quite the opposite. He knows much more about what he's talking about than, and, than you're going to find, generally speaking, anywhere else. Uh, for, for example, the hydroplate theory. Oh, man, you got to read it. It's just awesome. But I'm not going to go further into that because I'm getting to the end here of the Rhyme and Reason podcast uh, for this week. And I don't want to uh, overstate the fact of how much, or understate the fact, I guess I should say, of how much I appreciate you being there. I want to say some special shout outs to uh, a few of you who have been on here for a while. Um, My cousin Becky. Are you out there? Are you listening, Becky? <laughs> so you're out there, I think, in Texas, right? That's a whole nother country. Um, special shout out to Rhonda, who I've been meeting with um, once a week for some really special things. And uh, let's see, who else? Greg, you're over there in Oklahoma. O-K-L-A-H-O-M-A. Oklahoma, okay. And uh, I had a couple more. <laughs> I'm starting to forget who I was going to mention. But I'll try to remember you in the next uh, episodes. In the meantime, thank you for sharing the rhymes and reasons. Thank you for sharing this podcast. Um, I would love some reviews on iTunes to help spread this a little further 
and get some more momentum. And uh, if you haven't yet, join the Rhyme and Reason Club on my website. There's a form right there on the side, and you'll get free music and an ebook. And you can get more of my ebooks at Amazon.com and Smashwords.com. And uh, subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. Have it delivered without having to go look for it. And you can do that on iTunes or Google Play or Acast. You can connect with me on LinkedIn for the business side of things that I do. You can circle me on Google Plus and follow me on Twitter, watch my videos on YouTube, and even find me on Facebook. And uh, that does it for this week, the Rhyme and Reason podcast. Thank you so much. Until next time, may God bless you and keep you. There's a